Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. first got the job working with him and you got to understand I didn't grow up in church so like the, the planting a church and all that stuff is it's kind of funny to me uh because that's not something I ever thought myself to ever do and uh, I remember Brent like we, I just started working with him and like he would call up and and he would like ask me questions like how are you and Maggie doing okay what do you where's this going and I was always kind of skeptical because honestly, how I grew up, I had a journey of like cynicism where I kind of grew up in a home where you just were distrustful of people. Like everyone had bad intentions. I don't know if you can relate to that. Like you weren't sure what the agenda was, but Brent would like call and just want to know how we're doing. Like, what's this guy's problem? What does he, what does he want? And, and, and I, over time, I, I started to, to genuinely realize, oh, this guy actually cares about me. And what God did in that season was really reveal so much just in my relationship with Brent and how he sees people and how he does relationships is that relationships require trust. Like they're the foundation in which relationships grow and they're strengthened. And it's hard to navigate life whenever you don't have that sense of trust with people. And I'm so thankful for that season because I feel like one of the things I I pulled away was just learning to, to trust people. That regardless of where we may think things are going, they're not always heading in a bad place. Um, and the reason I share that is all throughout the Bible, what we see is God is inviting us in relationship through his son to, to, to trust him, to walk with him moment by moment, day by day in our lives as we seek him and trust him. And, and I thought the best way to, that we can talk about this topic of faith and, and trust in God is looking at a man named Abraham. And I love the story of Abraham as I was reading it. Honestly, when, when Brent called me, he's like, hey, I want you to, to preach on uh, faith. And, and honestly, this is something that's been ministering to me. And so part of me is just kind of bubbling up because I'm so excited to talk about this and what I've kind of learned or how this study, this time has really prepared me. But what I love about Abraham is you see, he's, he's one of the most pivotal um, figures throughout history, like Islam, Judaism, Christianity, all trace back their lineage to Abraham. Like he is considered the man of faith, uh, a man that, that trusted God, had this unbelievable example of faith and, and as we see his life. And what we're gonna look at this morning is how we can trust God with our destination. We can trust God with our situation and we can trust God without reservation. And what we're gonna see is, is that in moments of our lives is that we're maybe wondering, God, where are you doing? Where are we going? Where are you taking us? It's like Abraham, we can learn to trust him. And we're gonna learn from both his example um, but also his mistakes. If you would turn your Bibles to Genesis 12, we're going we're gonna to kind of do a flyover through Genesis 12 through Genesis 22, don't worry. Um, and we're going to hit on some very kind of pivotal aspects, important aspects of Abraham's life. 
Um, as you'll see in the text, we'll talk about later, is Abraham was originally Abram. And so exalted father, and then eventually father of multitudes. And so there's a change that happens later we'll get to. Um, but I want us to see kind of where God meets Abraham. And God asks this very incredible ask of Abraham. And I want us to see it together. Genesis verse 1 through 3. We're going to read, um, if you would, turning your Bibles there. The Lord said to Abram, go from your land, your relatives, your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and I will be a, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. All the people on earth will be blessed through you. The first thing I want to see about Abraham's story is that we can trust God with the destinations of our lives. What's incredible here is God meets Abraham and says something crazy. He says, I want you to leave everything that you know, all that's familiar, all that's certain. I want you to step into the unknown. I want you to step into uncertainty. And I want you to step into a place where you go where I ask you to go. And Abraham's like, "Uh, where are we going, God? And he's like, don't worry about that. Like he isn't given an instructional manual, like maybe like Noah was given, like, hey, maybe give me a little bit of, uh, maybe the itinerary here, but Abraham's, Abraham's probably wondering, like, God, how is this going to pan out? He doesn't know where he's going, who he will meet, what he will experience, and who he will come along the way. But God says to Abraham to trust him, to trust him which is incredible here. And, but, but Abraham doesn't leave empty-handed. He's given a promise that, hey, his name will be great, um, that, that, he will be a, that God will bless him through, um, through him. God will bless the world through him and that uh, he will be the father of many nations. And Abraham's probably not really sure what that promise is, but what I love is that he clings to that promise and steps out in faith and leaves. And what I want to see is for Abram, it was to leave his homeland, to leave his family, relatives, his, everything that he knew um, that was, was stable, that was familiar, that, that he found comfort in or everything and to step into the unknown and trust God. And for many of us, is, is there is different destinations in our lives that God's calling us to. For him, Abraham is different. His, his destination was to leave and go where God called him. But for many of us, as God may be calling to us to something very different, our destination might be different. It could be in our relationships, who we marry, the job we take. It could be the, um, it could be the maybe the circumstances. Which church should we attend? Which town should we move to? What decision in this business or this agreement negotiation should we? Um, how should we trust God through this? All of us have different destinations in our lives. And what God is showing us in those destinations, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me in this turn, in this moment where things converge at, where we have to make a decision. We're not sure where we're going. He said, don't worry about the going, just trust me. Trust me where I may be taking you. And I love this is that what God is inviting Abraham in into a journey, into relationship where there is trust built, where that he gets to know his God. And God is inviting us as well into relationship with him, where we trust him, we journey with him, we walk with him. And along the way, we're going to have moments where we're not sure what to do. All we do is look to God and trust him in the destination, destinations in our lives. It's funny as I kind of talk about this is I, me and Maggie are like living this out real time. So um, my father-in-law used to always say is, you know, as you preach, hard live. And um, that is certainly the case. It's very difficult as I preach about something that I'm actually living out. But as I shared um, 
kind of about church planning is give a little backstory. I remember I felt called in seminary, not really sure where I was going. As I shared before, I didn't grow up in church. So uh, I went to seminary to go in ministry. I didn't really know what that looked like. Like I didn't know what, like I was learning all these new things about God. And I was uh, ending my last year of Bible college. And um, I just felt God was constantly this theme of, of church planning, church planning, church, go where the gospel is needed. Go where people need to hear the gospel, where, where there may be not be a, the gospel on that street corner, where a neighborhood, um, you can make a difference and push back darkness there and expand the kingdom of God. I, I didn't really know what that looked like, but I felt God was stirring within me and Maggie's hearts um, to go. Go where? I don't know. I remember I, I kind of I sat down with some people that I had really leaned on to be an influence in my life. And one of those was, was Brent and I sat down with him. And um, you know, whenever like you feel that God's calling you to do something and you're almost kind of embarrassed, uh, this is feels kind of crazy to say this. And I remember I was kind of nervous. I remember telling Brent, I have full call to church planning. And I feel, I feel like God's calling us to, to prepare for that. And, and um, of course, in Brent's style, he's incredibly encouraging, just breathes life into me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to do this. We're gonna do this. <laughs> I'm like, all of a sudden walking out of there, like, I think I want to um, charge the hill. Um, and, and that was really one moment of many moments throughout our lives till this point where we are now in, in Austin, Texas, of just trusting God with the destination of our lives. I'll be honest with you, I never thought we would move back to Texas. I never thought that we'd be playing in South Austin. Like when I was in Dallas-Fort Worth, they're like, stay away from Austin. And I was like, okay, okay. And all of a sudden I'm like planning a church there. Like, what are you doing, man? You didn't listen. And that's kind of uh, the story of just following God, not really sure where I was going. But one thing I've learned, and I I think this is something I'm really living through or experiencing in my own life as I reflect on this, is God's less concerned with our future than he is with us knowing him with us knowing and walking with him. And it is so true. And I could see it in the hindsight's 2020. I can look back and just see, oh God, you were, you were in control the whole time. You just cared about my heart. And I want us to see this is Genesis 15, if it would jump over with me. Genesis 15 verses one through five, Abraham is faithfully obeys God by faith. You see Hebrews 11, by faith, he does this. And he waits for God to bring about his promise. And he has this moment where he's like, hey, God, when, like, when's this going to happen? And God reveals himself. And I love this. God encounters him in the vision. says, after these events, the, uh, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be great. And I love this because God reminds him not just where he's going, but who he's following. That ultimately God is his reward. God is the one that will provide for him. God is the one that will be the provision for him in this journey, that he is ultimately the reward and the promise giver and the promise keeper. And so Abraham, I love this response because um, it's so relatable. God God tells Abraham this, and then he says here, verse two, he says, but Abraham said, Lord God, can you give me, um, what can you give me since I'm childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Abraham continued, look, you have given me no offspring. So a slave born in my house will be my heir. And Abraham didn't really understand like how he would bear a child. He was getting older in age. He's like, how is this going to happen? How is this going to take place? And so maybe he's like, maybe my servant will be the one, the house, my household will be the one to carry on this promise. And God's like, listen, dude, like this is going to, this is going to happen through you. Don't try to deviate from what I've told you that I have a promise and I will keep that promise that I will fulfill it through you, that the world will be blessed and your name will be great. I love this. Abraham takes, God takes Abraham outside and says, now the word of the Lord came to him. This one will not be your heir. And said, the one who comes from your own body will be your heir. So God takes him outside and says, look at the sky and the, 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 count the stars. If you're able to count them, 
If you, then he said to him, your offspring will be that numerous. And this was the, the future um, Abraham was looking for to see that this was the destination. This is where God was taking him. God reveals that to him. It says, you just got to trust me. This is going to take place. I know it seems impossible and probable, but listen, I'm God and I'm going to make this happen. And I love this as Abram's response. He says, believe the Lord and he credited, Abraham believed, Abram believed the Lord and credited him as righteous. And I love this here is really the Bible, as you think about it, the gospel is summed up in this way. It's trust me. It's believe me. I love that Abraham is deemed righteous because he trusted God. And, you know, every world religion is all about how God, like the, the problem with God and man is that maybe we didn't behave, right? We didn't do the right things. But the Bible all about not behaving, but believing, believing the work that Christ had done. And I love this is that Abram simply believed that God was going to make this happen, that God was going to come through in his promises. I talked to a guy uh, this past Tuesday, his name is Antonio, he's a local businessman. And uh, we've been kind of, I've been pursuing him for a little bit. And um, I remember the first time I had lunch with him, like, I don't know, like I'm just pastor Dakota. I've just been following Jesus. And like, that's just where God's called me, but I don't see myself any different. I'm not better than anyone. There's a holy man myth or anything. I'm not a varsity Christian. I'm just like one of you, just serving a different role, a different seat. And I remember Antonio was like, you know, he was like nervous when I first met him. I was like, dude, what's wrong? He was like, I prayed with him. He's like all weird and like, like what's going on, man? He's like, I don't know. I just never been around a pastor and never prayed. I'm like, dude, just like, everything's cool. Everything's all right. So we started kind of getting to know each other and hang out. And I had lunch with him Tuesday. And like, he finally, it's like, you could tell there was an elephant in the room. He just didn't want to say it. You know, he finally said, hey man, like, I'm trying to clean things up, but these are some things in my life. And I kept pointing to Jesus saying like, man, where's God fitting in all of this? He's trying to clean himself up, trying to behave and, and trying to do the right things. Like, where does God fit in all of this, man? He's like, I don't know, man. I, God's just complicated. I know he's behind that door and, and he's there, but, but I've done some bad things. Um, and he started counting off the women, the drugs, the decisions, the crimes and all those things. And all of a sudden he has this idea that this God behind this door um, is just ashamed of him and mad at him and, and, and disappointed in him. It doesn't want anything to do with him. And I'm like, dude, lean forward. I'm like, that is not the gospel. God is much better than what you've contemplated or conjured up in your mind. God is a loving father that wants a relationship with you. And all you have to do is not behave, but believe what Jesus has done on the cross. And that's the beautiful thing of the gospel. It's not about you doing good works because Jesus has done the work for you. And for us to see with Abraham, it's simply believing God by faith. And that's how we are to live and navigate. And I love this though, is that Abraham has a relapse. Is that while he is great in faith, he has this moment where he doesn't know where God is going. So he decides to take things into his own hands. The second point is trust God with your situation. As Abraham continued to wait for God, he's getting older. And so him and Sarai are wondering, ah, maybe we uh, maybe need to, figure something out. We're not getting any younger here. And so he kind of, uh, Sarah, Sarah leans over, Sarah leans over to Abram said, what if, what if we, what if you slept with Hagar, uh, the, Egypt, the Egyptian servant they had, and, and maybe through her would the promise would be fulfilled. And all of a sudden that sound more appealing as their situation seems that it was not likely that things would happen as they're getting older is that God wouldn't probably bring forth his promise. So what Abraham does, he takes things into his own hands. And so he sleeps with Hagar, and then she is born a child named Ishmael. And what we see is that through Ishmael, is God says, that, this is not the promise, it's through you. 
that I'm going to fulfill this promise. And so we see even what happens there is that when we take things in our own hand, life gets complicated. Ishmael um, is, there's strife between Sarah and Hagar. Ishmael is eventually separated there. And even today, as we see the descendants of Ishmael and the descendants of Isaac, there's still animosity amongst those people. And it all started because one man decided to take things into his own hand and do what he thought was right rather than trusting God and walking and living by faith. And we see this, we all like have struggled with this, right? Like we can understand and put ourselves in in Sarah and Abraham's shoes. Like we've all been in this season probably of waiting for God, right? Waiting for God to come through in our lives. And that's probably the most difficult points of our lives. But one of the things that waiting does is it reveals the measure of our faith. It reveals the measure of our faith and where we are in that journey of trusting him. Because what happens is the pressures of life, when things aren't comfortable, things are difficult. And it's like trying to navigate fog where you don't really know where you're going. You don't know your way out. You don't know what to do. You feel stuck in a corner and you're waiting for God to come through. You're praying, you're seeking him. And all of a sudden it seems better if you deviate from God, what God's called you to. You deviate from his time and you take things into your own hands. But I want you to just see, and I think this is something that's really important, part of the waiting aspect of of waiting for God is that um, that part of waiting is the point in which God is maturing you in your relationship with him, or your faith is strengthened. And I know it's difficult, but what often happens is is the waiting, it exposes what's really at the surface of the heart, where you have to trust him, you have to believe in him. And what you often will find is it's not just loving the provision, but loving the provider, in the midst of the waiting and trusting God in the midst of your search situation. What I love about Abraham is God intact two different purposes that through Abraham, he would bring about, bring about the promise of the, the Messiah at the same time, strengthening Abraham's faith, growing and changing Abraham in the process. And I just think in our lives to see that God is doing multiple things, thousands of things at one time. And sometimes we only identify three that we don't even, we have this very narrow-minded that we don't even know what God is doing. I love this though, is that even though Abraham had a lapse in his faith, we learned that waiting is hard, but, but God's delays isn't God's denials. God's delays isn't God's denials. That God may take his time, but he's gonna keep his promise. Genesis 17, God shows up and says to Abraham, declaring, I'm gonna give you a child. I know you still don't have a child and it's been a while, but this is gonna happen. And can you imagine, like, like Abram's like, how? I'm not getting any younger. This is, man, you keep showing up. And like, I don't know when this is going to take place. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And I think about his situation. Abram at this point is 99 years old. If you get there in 17, you'll see he's 99 years old. He's been waiting 24 years for God's initial promise. Like, we can't go a week if God don't answer our prayer. They're like, God, where are you? God, what what has happened? Where are you in the midst of this? And we see Abraham is waiting like quite a while. And God is, and God tells him, said, listen, you're going to have a child. This is going to happen. And he reinforces the message that, listen, I'm trustworthy. And what I say, my word is true. He says this, your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful and will make make nations and kings come from you. What a promise, right? And so Abram changes, God changes Abram's name from Abraham, which is now father of multitudes, which is just to say, hey, I know you don't see the promise, but it's coming. It's happening. 
just the audacity to show Abram, listen, I am God. You can trust me. I am sovereign. I am faithful. And I love this, that the promise has now grown as we see it expands. And I love this. He also says, God says of his, his wife, Sarai, he says, listen, as your wife in verse 15 through 16, as for your wife, Sarai, do not, come, do not call her Sarai, for Sarah will be her name and I will bless her indeed. I will give you a son by her and I will bless her and she will produce nations, kings of people. I will, will come from her. And so imagine this is like Abraham is like, how's this going to happen? And God's like, this is a done deal. Like I'm even renaming you because this promise is going to be something that you will eventually claim. And I love this is that God says this in verse 17, Abram fell in his faith. And it's, it's not necessarily his re, response that it's like a faith patriarch would have this response, but, but I love it. He's listen, Abram fell in his face. Then he laughed and said to himself, can a child be born to a hundred year old man? Can, can Sarah, a 90-year-old woman, give birth? So Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael were acceptable to you. But God said, no, your, your wife Sarah will bear your son and you will name him Ishmael. And he will con- confirm my covenant with him as a permanent covenant for his future offspring. And so I love this is that Abram's like laughing. And I think that's part of a reverence for God. But even the fact is that what God is promising is so impossible, it seems laughable. And the irony of it is is that Ishmael actually means he laughs. And so every time that Abraham would say his son's name, he would be reminded that he laughed at God's promise because God has a tendency, right, to do the improbable in our lives that becomes laughable later because we look back, we're like, how did God do it? How do we get through it? But God is faithful. And God is able to do far beyond what we ever could think or imagine in our lives because oftentimes we put him in a box and we look at, look at obstacles in our lives and don't realize, listen, those obstacles in our lives are opportunities for God to showcase his greatness. They're often the times that we look back, remember what God has done, and it's often what helps us to move forward, knowing that he is faithful. And I love this is that we see Hebrews 11, and I love this, this translation. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it's the assurance, it's the confidence of things hoped for. And we see Abraham live this out. But it's also, this is the evidence of things that's not seen. So even regardless of our situation in our lives, that we can trust him with confidence, with assurance that whatever we're dealing with in our lives and the situations of our lives, the things that we're facing, that he is faithful and that we can trust him with confidence and assurance. And so despite Abraham's laughing and waves of not trusting God, is there many other moments where it's just so relatable? He doesn't always follow through or maybe live the best example that God is faithful and he keeps his promise. And we see nine months later, Isaac is born and brought into this world. And what's crazy is we see is, is, is Abram shows the type of faith that is hard to put your arms around. Like we see here as, as we jump over in Genesis 22, is that Abram is holding his, his son and he, he's, he's both amazed at what God has done. He just saw a 90-year-old woman give birth, which is just crazy but he also knows he's holding a promise that through Isaac, Jesus would come, the savior of the world and nations would be blessed. Like what a vision. And I think what God was doing to Abraham, he was strengthening his faith. That when Abram saw that, when God kept promising him and eventually fulfilled his promise, is that what happened with Abram, it strengthened his faith and know that, you know, God is faithful. 
that I can trust him regardless of what he asks. So regardless of what he promises, I will never doubt him. I will walk by faith, believing that he can do the impossible. And why do I think that his faith was strengthened? Is because we'll see in a second, in a moment, that what happens is unbelievable. And it's the ultimate demonstration of faith by Abraham. And through the process, we'll see, see Abraham has given the son Isaac and it's, and it's God's final exam as God, as God approaches Abram, um, Abraham and, and really um, calls Abram to a faith that he calls all of us. And so our last point is faith without reservation. See, God comes to Abram and says this right here. So after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am. He answered, take your son, he said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. What? You're telling me to sacrifice my son? You have promised all of this, and all of a sudden God is asking of this of Abraham? Like what? What, do you, what do you mean, God? But I love what we'll see here is what we'll learn about him is Abram learns that God is a loving father, that regardless of what God asked of me, that even in this, and Hebrews talks about this, that God, God says, even if, if, if Abraham was to kill Isaac, that, that Abraham believed that God would still raise him from the dead. That Abram had such a faith that he knew the character of God. He walked with him closely in the midst of difficult times and doubt of waiting that he knew God personally and knew that God is good and that God's a loving father and that he's worth trusting regardless of the situation we're in. And I know that if it's his will, it's his will and I would trust him regardless without reservation. We see here the last section, verse three of chapter 22. So Abraham got up early in the next morning, in the morning, saddled his donkey, took with him two of his young men and his son, Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to a place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And I just imagine this, that that as he camped out that night, he looked up at the stars, the same stars that God promised that, that through that, that his his lineage will go like the, the, the people will be blessed, will be more than the stars, more than he could ever count. I just think about that moment for Abraham. Say here with the donkey and the boy, and I will go over there to worship. And then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son, Isaac. In his hand, he took the, the fire and the knife and the two of them walked on together. And then Isaac spoke to his father, Abraham, and said, my father, he replied, here I am, my son. And Isaac said, the, fall, the fire and the wood are here. And where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Like, what a faith, right? In the midst of what is very difficult, Abraham is still believing and still trusting God. And the two of men walked on together. When they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel, angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know you fear God since you have not withheld your son from me. Abraham looked up, saw the ram caught in the thicket by its horn. So Abraham went, took the ram, offered it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham named that place 
the Lord will provide. So today it is said, it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. And I love this. We see here is the fact is that Abraham demonstrated faith that I don't think I have. Like what he shows here is a, is a faith that's just unmatched. Like in my life and my circumstances to see like in the midst of, of, of wondering and, and, and seasons of my life, like, God, what are you doing? Like what is taking place and how even in those moments where we feel pressed and we feel uncertain, we feel fearful or doubtful, is that how we often respond. But we see Abraham here is that with, with, without reservation, he trusts God through the midst of all the uncertainty, through the fear, through the doubt, probably the emotions that are mixed within him and the uncertainty that, that God, what, what are you asking of me? And, and Abraham is not withholding anything from God that he knows that everything he has belongs to God and he's not holding back anything. He's trusting him. I'm putting my life in his hands. I'm putting my son who I adore and who I've waited for into your hands. He's putting everything fully in his hands. And I love about this here as we see something is that that is what it looks like to surrender to God, to surrender everything, to put everything at his feet. It's to, it's, to, it's to have live open-handedly knowing that God is faithful, that we can trust him in the midst of uncertainty and in the midst of what we're dealing with. And I just wonder as we close, like what would happen if each of us lived with this kind of faith without reservation for God? Like what would happen in your life and your family and your community? Like what would happen here in the panhandle? Like if you lived, if each, every one person in this room lived without reservation, trusting God, trusting him with what you have, and living with full surrender, because I promise you this, when you live with full surrender, you will live and make a greater significant impact in your life, in this community. That you thought about how you stewarded and leveraged your life for his glory, for his mission. Because I honestly, I think that's what will make the difference. It's not just one of us, it's all of us coming together for the mission of God to push back darkness, to make a difference where we live, work and play and beyond. And that's what it requires of that is to live with surrender, to live with trust in God without reservation. And what I love about this is you see the parallels in Genesis 22 as well with Jesus. Think about this, taking your beloved son, your only son, as we see here all throughout the Old Testament, especially here is that it's just pointing to Jesus. Like it's pointing to him. Like many question, like why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son? Well, God is clarifying. I'm not asking you to sacrifice your son because I'm gonna sacrifice mine. That we see this parallel here is that, that Mount Moriah is now called Mount Calvary. And just as Isaac held the wood, Jesus would one day carry the cross. And that we see everything here is pointing to Jesus. And I love this passage is later Jesus would be around some Jews and he would say, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day because he saw it and he was glad. Because Abram saw not just the ram, but he saw the lamb of God. He saw that God would provide a way and he trusted God in the midst of circumstances because it knew that there was something much greater than what he was facing, what he was dealing with, that God was promising a Messiah that will make all sad things untrue, that he would bring forth salvation, everyone that fills the earth and that all of us will be blessed because of his son. And even this past Christmas, we celebrated his arrival because Jesus didn't just come as a baby. He came to die on the cross for our sins and now we have greater hope. And so I just say with you this is that if you are a believer, Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, I think that what God is doing is using that to make you look more like Jesus. 
is that he's using the circumstances, whatever you're facing, to point you to Jesus. You see, Abraham knew that all of life and all of meaning was found in Jesus. And all the Old Testament prophets we see were looking forth to Jesus. And now we look forth to Jesus as well, carrying on the mission of God and trusting God with our lives. And if you don't know Jesus, if you aren't sure, and this is all weird and we're talking about spiritual things, things of God, I, I get it. I just want to simply say that God is inviting you, is extending an invitation for you to trust him, to walk with him. And relationships takes time to be strengthened, but you know what? They require trust. Trusting that what Jesus did, that what he accomplished, that God provided, um, God provided the lamb. God provided the lamb, the lamb that was slain for your sins is that through Jesus, arms stretched out wide, he died at your worst moment. Is that there's nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot cover. We just sang that this morning. And that gives us greatest hope. That gives us hope in our lives to know that God loves us that much that he would send forth his son. Is that he would make a way when there seemed like there was no way. When it seemed like that all humanity was doomed, he brought forth his son. And that is good news for each and every one of us. You see, it's everything is about Jesus and everything will always be about Jesus in our lives and all of life and all what you're facing is pointing you to him. And in the midst of your circumstances, you may pivot, you may relapse, you may look other directions, but eventually you will find yourself in a place where God is positioning you to look up and look to the cross and see the son who has come to die for your sins, but not just to leave you where you are, not just to ticket out of hell kind of card, but to walk with you in relationship where each and every day he's working in your life, not just helping you to, just leaving you alone to figure it out by yourself, but to help you walk in and through the Holy Spirit to guide you, to work in your, to work for you, to look more like him, to live more like him, to be with him and a loving relationship moment by moment, day by day. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. It's an invitation for God is saying for us to simply by faith, to trust him. If you would join me in prayer. God, thanks so much for this morning. Thank you for this time, God, as we just think about Abraham's life, Lord, not just some some Sunday school message maybe we've forgotten or maybe we just browse through, but to see that if you can work in Abraham's life and do the unimaginable God, you can do the same thing in our lives. That we still cling to the same promises, God. We still look forward to you. And I know that, Lord, it's sometimes hard to trust you and we don't know where we're going. It's hard to trust you in the midst of our circumstances, God. And it's hard to trust you with full abandonment and without reservation, Lord. But I ask you to give us the faith to do that today. And God, that we will all be people walking in faith, living out this core value as a church, God, as we, as we live on mission together. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.